0: Welcome to Destiny Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Eric Smith. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit destinydayton.com. Acts chapter 3, I want to dive into the word here. Title of this message What I Do Have. What I Do have. And I'm circling back on a very familiar portion of Scripture. I preached on this passage not too long ago, just a few weeks ago, and the Lord just showed me something new on it that I want to highlight and emphasize and uh, talk about here uh, for a few moments here this morning. Here we go. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Thank you for standing to honor the reading of God's Word. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was carried whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask for alms or money of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms and Peter directed his gaze at him as did John. And he said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them expecting to receive something. That was the sermon I preached a few weeks ago. Remember expectations, right? This is, we talked about to this point. Peter said, I have no silver and I have no gold. Everyone say no silver, no gold. gold. Interesting, right? It's odd that the church today, by and large, especially in America, we have plenty of silver and plenty of gold. And we still seldom see results like we see here. And I want to turn that on its ear today. But what I do have, everybody say what I do have. Boys and girls, what I do have. Oh, come on, boys and girls, you can do better than that. What I do have, now there were some people talking there that were a little older than boy or girl age, but okay, (laughs) we'll roll with it. I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the gate beautiful of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, our own righteousness, we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified in his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life. See, this is where Peter preaches one of the most secret sense of messages in all the Bible that we can learn from. He said, God did this by his power, but you guys killed him, so... That's what happened with that, right? That, that was a very, very seeker-sensitive. And then he followed up with, we hope to see you next Sunday. God bless, right? Get a coffee and a donut on your way out. Okay. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for murder to be granted to you and killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this, we are witnesses. What did you have to do to be counted as an original apostle of Jesus Christ. You had to be a witness of Jesus's death and resurrection. Now That's not to be confused with a gift of apostle or gift of pastor, teacher, prophet, right? That's, that's a separate matter. But if you're going to be apostles of the lamb, right? This is a little bit of Bible knowledge. What's the difference? People think apostle they think, well, you're comparing yourself to Peter, James. No, 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 not at all. The apostle of the lamb had to be a witness of, Of Jesus's death and resurrection. This is what Peter said to this. We were witnesses of in his name. Everyone say in his name. By faith in his name, has he made this man strong whom you see and know and that the faith is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Lord Jesus, I thank You for the power of Your Word. I pray you go deep in us. Holy Spirit, we welcome You right now. Lay Your hand on Your heart right now. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Pray it with me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Say it again. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In one of my classes recently, the topic of the ecclesia came up. And as you know, the ecclesia is the Greek word in the New Testament that we interpret as church. And the word ecclesia, literal meaning, is the gathering of called out ones. And my professor brought out the point that this gathering of called out ones essentially becomes the spiritual council of the community where you live. So here in the here in our city, right, it's not just one church, but it's everyone who belongs to Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that the Lord knows those who are his. So those sitting as the spiritual council within a city are all of those who who fully belong and truly belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. So as the church, we are basically over the spiritual atmosphere of our city. Did you know that? We're the spiritual city council. We're looking at our city from the perspective of that. We are responsible for the spiritual happenings and well-being of our city. So in our class, we discuss the spiritual impact on our city or, or the spiritual impact on our community and what the church should be having. And. Those in my class begin to share what that impact looks like for them. I'm just going to give you a little background here before we jump in. What does spiritual impact on a city look like? Well, that be, began to unpack that. And as I listened to many testimonies and things are going on, they all were good. But I began to sense a theme. Most everything that was mentioned involved a building or a bank account. When we say, what's your spiritual impact in your city? What what's a good community impact? Immediately, everything that began to be shared was tied to a building or a facility that was decent and a bank account money. And not to be contrary, but just to ask a question. I said, I have a question for pastors in China and pastors in Myanmar and pastors in bangladesh they want to know how they can have a spiritual impact on their community because they don't have buildings and they don't have bank accounts i said what can we tell them and it wasn't like i was trying to make a point but i guess i was trying to make a point because i have these questions i don't know if you have questions that's how we learn we ask questions right when somebody tells you to stop asking questions and you're being fed propaganda hello <laughs> Don't question it. Oh, well, that, that, that's what that's what it's all about. We learn by asking questions. And the question is how can we have a spiritual impact if we don't have silver, if we don't have gold, where Christianity is illegal? where the underground church is functioning in China. They don't have a nice building. They, they, they meet in, in, in multiple areas, in people's homes, in secret. They don't have a big fat savings account. Hey, Should we say, hey, call us when you have some money and call us when you have uh, you know a nice building and then we'll tell you how you can have a spiritual impact in your city. What I hope I've revealed to you is where we've gone off the rails today. It suddenly dawned on me how Americanized our idea of spiritual impact has become. It's not that the ideas being shared were bad. Not at all. In fact, they were very good. It was just they were all tied to earthly resources. And if we're called to make a spiritual impact, it doesn't mean that we won't use our earthly resources, right? From time to time. But the greater question is what kind of spiritual impact are we having? And finally somebody, somebody floated, well, you should have prayer meetings then. I'm like, now you're on the right path. I think church should be a praying church. They should gather and pray. Absolutely. And immediately my mind went to Acts 3, and this is where the genesis of this message came from this week. And I began to think how when Peter and John were in the middle of making a spiritual impact in their city, right, in Jerusalem, while they were on their way uh, to pray, they had further spiritual impact. And the statement was, silver and gold have I none. And I thought, you know, Peter and John could have easily have said, you know, buildings and bank accounts we don't have. And, and, And that would end the story for some right there, unfortunately but I have some good news for you today. It didn't end right there. It didn't end with Peter and Paul saying, I'm sorry, we don't have any money. We can't help you. But here's the deal. You don't need a building. You don't need a bank account. You don't need some, you you, you don't need a lot of money. You, You don't have to have silver or gold to make kingdom impact. Why? Because Peter and John tells us why. What I do have, I will now give you. I have the name. I have the name. I have the name above all names. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took the man by the hand. And the Bible says his feet and ankles became strong. My friends, I want to tell you, it's fine we have the stuff that we have, but I want to tell you, that's not where spiritual impact will happen. Spiritual impact will happen as the church moves through a city as a church moves. And I say church, I mean you and me. I'm not talking about a building moving. I'm talking about people that are on fire for Jesus Christ. People that have their hearts stirred for the kingdom of God. As we go to Walmart, Kroger's, our places of business, where we go to school, Jesus has called us to impact people one-on-one. That is how we have a spiritual impact in a city. That is how we reach a city. It is one by one. It is one-on-one. It is as we let the power of God flow out of us by the name of Jesus Christ that we will see a city impacted. That's how we operate as a spiritual city council i am like, well, we could pick it. We could complain. We could post stupid stuff on Facebook and on social media. But the reality is the best thing we could do is pray, eat carpet for a couple hours, and then go talk and lay hands on people, pray for the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, open blinded eyes, be Jesus to somebody around you, let the power of God flow out of you. That is how we change people. I think we all know by now, how many know you'll never change anybody's mind on on Facebook by posting something? How many know that? I know. We all feel it. Oh, I'm dying to post it. It won't do any good. The only people who are going to agree with you are the people who already agree with you. And it'll be red meat to them. Like, yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to steal this. I'm going to borrow this one. <laughs> and I'm going to post it in the same set of friends. We'll see it a second time. Ha, <laughs> ha. I just want you to see today that you have what you need right now to make an impact. Well, Pastor, what would be really great if we could get this and that together and we could gather this group and start doing this? You know what? Really great if every Christian would start praying and seeking God, get full of the power of Jesus, get on fire, lose the critical spirit and begin being Jesus where you work, where you play, where you shop, where you eat. That's really what we need. It's not about luring people to a building. People will talk about evangelism. Well, tell me about your evangelism. Well, we, we passed out flyers because we're doing a big drama at our church. We're having a big play. So, okay, that's not evangelism. It's not evangelism. We're not trying to lure people to a building, even to hear a good thing. We're trying to be Jesus. We're trying to impact people with the power of Jesus. Because we have the name. The world can have the voice. We have the name. Amen. Actually, if you get the name, you're going to get the voice too. the Holy Spirit. He's going to follow the name and he's going to get, he's going to tell you everything. The father wants you to know the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. We are equipped with the name. And this is what just kept jumping out to me. We are equipped with the name of Jesus. Therefore, and th- this is the three thoughts I want to give you. And boys and girls, if you're taking notes or drawing funny pictures of me, that's fine right now. Just draw me with a smile at least. Okay. Um, these are the three, three thoughts I want to give you on why we have to maintain our faith in the name. Because you see, everything in this world is set up to diminish the power of the name of Jesus Christ. It's an ancient battle. It began in the Garden of Eden, right? When, when, when Eve said, oh, I can't eat that. And what did Satan say? Oh, did God really say that? And the moment Jesus ascended off this planet 2,000 years ago, there's been an attack on the name of Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you today, we cannot afford, we cannot let anything or anyone diminish this truth in our lives. And this is the first thing that I want you to see. We'll pop back here. His name is power. Everyone say the name of Jesus is Power. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. And he said, but what I do have is the power of the name. I want you to see here in Philippians. This is what Paul said. As a result, God exalted him, Jesus, and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the father. I want to tell Tell you something my friends jesus christ's name is powerful the bible tells us that one day every knee will bow those on the earth under the earth above everyone will bow at the name of jesus how many would rather bow now when we can do it by our choice sometimes someday the mockers the god haters the backsliders they'll kneel they'll kneel They'll kneel. The Bible says when Jesus appears, there'll be people who'll be terrified because they'll realize the ones who dropped out of church and now they're living with their boyfriends and sleeping with their girlfriends and going and getting drunk every weekend, right, they're going to suddenly realize, oh. All the people in the media say there is no God. That's a, that's a farce. what They're like, oh. So the Bible talks about there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You ever seen one, someone's anguish that they gnaw, they grind their teeth like, oh. Because in that moment, they will know that there is power in that name, that name that they blasphemed, that name that they turned their back on, that name that they belittled, that name that they watched in cuss words and used as a cuss word. Suddenly, it's going to they're going to realize that name is power. And we see the power of the name of Jesus in this form repeated 20 times in the book of Acts where we see this phrase in the name of Jesus. And Peter said, this is the recipe. It's the name of Jesus. He didn't say, hey, let's fire up the smoke machines and the laser. Israelites. That's not where the power is. He didn't say, Hey, let's give everybody a Panera bagel and a cup of coffee. That's not where the power. He didn't say, Hey, let's have a wine tasting in the sanctuary on Friday for all the land. That's not it. He said the power is in the name of Jesus. That is the recipe, my friends for change. That is the recipe for transformation. And when he spoke the name of Jesus, notice that things changed in the natural realm. I love that part of the story when he said, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says suddenly the natural realm was invaded and the man's ankles and feet became strong. Wondering what in the natural realm do we need invaded right now by the name of Jesus? Because his name is power. The name of Jesus has power to invade what is happening around us. The name of Jesus can break change, change minds, turn a situation around, heal diseases. I've shared this with you before. When I was the age of some of the little boys and girls in here, I remember having scarlet fever. And I remember being so sick. And I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And I looked at myself in the mirror. And my face was beet red. And I had a high fever. And I felt terrible. And I just remember uttering three words that woke everyone in my house. I said, Jesus, heal me. My mom came running in, like, what in the world? My fever began to break. From that moment forward, I was completely healed. There is power in the name. Don't ever forget it. There's power in that name. We mourned the passing of one of the great generals of the kingdom of God a few months back. David Young E. Cho. He was the pastor of the world's largest church in South Korea. How many have, I don't know if how many have heard of Dr. Cho. Amazing man, amazing ministry. I think they had something. Speaking of small groups, Jason, I've just remembering this. I think they had something like a hundred thousand small groups or something like that. That was just their small groups. The church ran somewhere around 800,000, I believe they all couldn't fit in one building they had multiple services and and uh but do you you realize how that church started dr cho there in south korea with the help of his i I think it was his his mother-in-law they had their first service at at her home in their garage and you know what he did he went door to door and he said does anybody need healing in this house this is in South Korea. He said, is any, in Seoul, Korea, does anybody need healing in this house? And he went door to door, and the power of the name of Jesus began to heal people right and left. And he gave them the gospel, and he served them, and he loved them, and he showed them that the name is powerful. And as a result, a man going door to door, knock. Can you imagine doing that? Wouldn't that be awesome if you had someone come to your door to say, does anybody need healing in this house? They come to your door asking for everything else. Right, I got termite plans, I got yard plans, I got a uh, magazine, a newspaper plan. Okay, okay you want to buy a new, no, no, sorry. But I'm trying to go to college, I'm sorry. Can you buy a magazine? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I, your story is compelling, but no, thank you. Could you imagine if someone came to your door and said, I am here to see anyone in this house who needs a healing healed today. Awesome, huh? And that is how he built his church of 800,000 members. Verse 10 in Acts here, Acts chapter 3, it tells us the people that were witnessing this were amazed, and rightly so. But notice that nobody was celebrating with this man. They, They were staring, they were looking, they were marveling, but nobody was celebrating with him. Also notice that nobody else was thanking Jesus for what was going on, right? Probably why this man here was, Bible says there, he's clinging to Peter and John, like they're the only ones happy for him. Everyone else is like, what's going on? And so you understand this is common to the book of Luke, especially because Luke wrote both acts and Luke, right? We see this Jesus will do amazing things. and We'll read that the crowd was amazed or they marveled. But please note that often did not lead to anyone getting saved. People say, well, if they'll just see that doesn't mean even if they see it, they're going to get saved. But here's the point. Here's what I want you to see. Just because someone is amazed at what God has done for you. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to cause them to come to Christ. And, and here's the important part. Don't let somebody talk you out of what God has done for you. Don't let someone, and typically it's somebody closer to us, they will downplay what God has done. They'll downplay your deliverance. They'll downplay. They've seen people get free. We've seen this. We've seen people get free and get delivered. And then they'll go back and get around faithless people that will talk them out of what God has done. They may act surprised at first. They'll say, oh, what church did that happen at? Are you sure? You got to stay away from those people. Remember last week we talked about the need to hang around people that make the baby jump inside. Right? When Mary came, cousin Elizabeth heard the voice of Mary, John the Baptist in the womb leaped. We want to hang around people that will make the baby leap inside. To build our faith. Because the name is powerful. And when you encounter God, be thankful, rejoice, and don't let the lack of reaction or someone else bother you. Stay, stay dialed in. I believe that's just an interesting point that I I just see here in the scripture. The man was still clinging to Peter and John because those were the ones, right? He, he knew, he knew they knew. He knew that they knew. I'm going to hang around people that know that I know. I want to hang around people that I know, right? They're going to build my faith. They're going to, they're going to affirm what Jesus has just done for me. Because people can talk you out of your encounter with God. Randy Clark, healing evangelist, powerful ministry. Most, Maybe, maybe you've heard of Randy Clark, maybe you haven't. Had a lady that was healed of, uh, of deafness. Completely deaf. Healed. She went back home and found out because that she now could hear, she was going to lose her disability check. The moment she found out she was going to lose her disability check, she began thinking, oh, no, that's terrible. And her deafness came back on her. Rather than trusting Jesus. His name is power. He'll deliver you. He'll take care of you, my friend. He'll see you through. We have to trust that name. We have to understand that name is power. Are y'all, are y'all with me today? Okay, secondly, secondly, I want you to see this. The name of Jesus is Authority. His name is authority. This is what Peter was essentially saying, and he's echoing what Jesus said in Matthew 28. What do I have? I don't have silver and gold because silver and gold was the the, the currency of authority, just like it's kind of the currency of authority today. If you've got the money, uh, you can make it happen, right? We have the little saying, the little jokes, right? It's a golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules, right? If you've got money, you've got authority to do things. And Peter is saying, I don't have that kind of authority, but the authority I have is even better because even with that kind of authority, I can't give you what I'm about to give you with the real authority. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Because Jesus had said it, all authority has been given to me. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. all authority. Everyone say all authority. Boys and girls, let me hear you say it. All authority is in the name of Jesus. Oh, if the church would just fully believe that one sentence. Jesus has all authority. In Luke nine, Jesus sent out the 12 disciples and he told them this in Luke chapter nine, verses one to three, after Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and what? What? I'm sorry. I'm a little, I'm a little low of hearing today. Power and what? Oh, there we go. I heard you. There you go. Some of y'all get fired up. And he gave them power and authority over all what? Demons. You mean we have authority over demons? Maybe we should use that. What do you think? Oh, wait. And it doesn't end there. We have authority to cure diseases? Maybe we should use that. Maybe this is the spiritual counsel that Jesus wanted us to be. <laughs> I know it's hard to it's hard to push back against a lifetime of how we've done church, right? But I I just want to return to the Bible, right? I just want to I just want to look at what Jesus said. And then he sent them out with power and authority to do what? Proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And this is what he said, ironically. (laughs) Take nothing for your journey, right? No silver, no gold, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and do not take an extra tunic. And when the apostle said in the name of Jesus, he wasn't using it as some sort of magical incantation. It is a reference to where the source of authority is coming from that brings the power to heal. So there would be no mistaking it. I told you a few moments ago that the authority of Jesus name is really what's been under attack since Jesus ascended, really since creation. And ponder this with me. There's not a better way to undercut someone's faith in the name than to cast dispersion on the name of Jesus. Notice in modern culture and movies, how many things are said to belittle or make fun of Jesus. I don't even want to repeat some of the things because it's a belittlement of who Jesus is. Whether it's referring to Jesus as baby Jesus Or come to Jesus. Little things we say that minimize. If you've ever had a real come to Jesus, you you wouldn't use that term so loosely. But one of the most egregious things I think that diminish the name is how we allow the name of Jesus, the name of God, to be used blasphemously. Because the devil's plan, his attempt, if he, listen, are you with me? The name is powerful, right? The name is authority. So here's the thing. If we can get the people trying to use the name and power and authority to think somehow less of the name, if we can get them to think it is common, it'll lose its power. Because Peter said it's faith in the name. It's not just the name. People use the name of Jesus all the time. There's a lot of people named Jesus. Jesus, right? The devil thinks if I can get the name of Jesus common. That'll cause them to have doubts about the power of the name. Isn't it interesting? That's what blasphemy means. It means to make something holy common. Something that is holy to profane something is to take something that is holy. Are you with me? Some of y'all like glued to your phone. Just hang on for a second. You got all day to be on your phone. Someone's texting you. Tell them to get to church. It's time. If the devil can take something holy and make it profane, it will lose its power. Why? Because it diminishes your faith in that name. Is this making sense? So may I ask you a question this morning? How precious is the name of Jesus to you? Is it precious enough that if a character in your favorite TV show uses it as a cuss word, you're thoroughly disgusted and turn the show off? Uh, Maybe they won't say it again. It'll be okay. The enemy's assault against you and I, my friend, is to discredit the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, because that name is power. I want to tell you, if a TV show wants to get turned off super quick in my house, let someone use the name of Jesus as a swear word. Goodbye. If we allow or tolerate the profaning of God's name, of Jesus's name, we should not then wonder why we pray and nothing ever seems to happen. We can't get anyone delivered. We can't get anyone healed. I want to tell you the name of Jesus, the name of God, Yahweh is so powerful, right? When scribes, you've heard me tell you this before, but this is something interesting to know how we got the Bible. When scribes were copying the Bible, when they got to the name of God, many times they they would want to skip it because his name was so holy. They didn't want to write it. and so what they would stop and they would take their quill and they would clean the ink off it and they would have a clean pen before they ever tried to write his name. And many times they would just abbreviate it because they can't, they, his name was so holy we can't even spell it out because he's so powerful. Because he's so See, that's the awe that they had for the name. Today we got Yahweh on license plates. What's wrong with this picture? We use his name loosely, but I'm just here to remind you today his name is holy. I'm not trying to beat anybody up or throw shade on him, but I'm just saying we use his name lightly and we've allowed that and I want to tell you his name is holy. His name is power, His name is authority. Every demon in hell is petrified that you're going to hear what I'm saying today and begin taking this name seriously and this name correctly because I want to tell you, demons cannot stand under the authority of the power of the name of Jesus. His name is holy. Last week we talked about protecting our oil. I believe this is part of our protecting our oil. Don't let anyone through word or deeds or through our entertainment allow the name of Jesus to be cheapened. The name above all names. Finally, I'm closing. The name of Jesus stirs faith. Stirs when it's used correctly, when His name is used in faith, The Bible says, verse 16, it's on the basis. You can read that. You can underline that in your Bible if you want or highlight it in your tablet or phone on the basis of faith in his name. How'd the healing happen? Verse 16, you see it on basis of faith in the name. It wasn't just to see some, some people will use the name of Jesus like a rabbit's foot. Right. This ain't some goofy Jesus take the wheel thing. This is faith in the God Almighty who breathed life into heaven and earth and all things are created by Him and through Him and for Him. That is who we're talking about. Jesus Christ, the Almighty God. And I want to tell you, His name is powerful. And through His name, this healing happened. Verse 16, because the name of Jesus will stir faith in people. When it's said from somebody... Who's full of faith in the name. Just saying the name of Jesus does nothing because they again, we have to use his name spoken in faith. Acts Say, Well, I don't know about that. Well, how about Acts 19? There's a group of guys. Seven sons of Sceva. <laughs> We're going to go cast out demons and we can do it in the name of Jesus. Right. And they tried it and it went poorly for them. So poorly they left bleeding and without their wardrobe. That's how badly they were. You know, you got beat up bad if you're bleeding, but it's really bad if you don't have any clothes left you got whooped. Like a hockey fight, man. His shirt came off over his head and everything. And I couldn't see anything. and I was getting punched. That's how these guys, they tried to use the name of Jesus thinking, I'm going to use the name of Jesus. The body, you can look it up in acts 19 if you want. His name is not a rabbit's foot. His name is not a magical incantation. There must be inherent faith in the person behind the name. And when you know him, that name stirs faith in his heart. That's in our hearts. That's why I got to tell you today. Don't let anyone ever diminish the power that is in his name. Because it's through faith in his name that lives will be changed. See, the people you're trying to lead to the Lord, they'll never be saved because you're nice to them. Oh, we should be nice to them that's not going to save them. I know churches as a pastor, I can say that, you know, think, well, we'll be nice enough to people. We, that's not going to lead them to the Lord. People are saved when they hear the gospel preached and the power of the Holy spirit convicts them of their sin. And the name of Jesus is invoked and the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, which is the most powerful thing on this planet comes and washes away every sin and makes them new inside and redeems them. That's when people get saved. Faith in the name. This is interesting as follow up in Luke 10 when Jesus sent another group of 72 of his disciples, right? He had more than 12. He sent out 72. And most of these, listen, I'm talking to some of y'all here today, they were brand new believers. I mean, Jesus has already been, he only started his ministry about a year or two ago. Most of these guys, most of these 72 disciples were brand new believers. They hadn't been following Jesus that long. And he sent them out with what? The name above every name. And when they came back, he said, I'm giving you authority. I'm sending you out with my name. And when these 72, many of them brand new believers, right? That's a, that's a totally different thought than we have today. Well, they're not ready for that says nowhere in the bible if you're ready for Jesus friend you're ready for everything he's got baptism in the holy spirit tongues prophecy gift everything everything what a miss what a disservice we do people well we have to just let them have Jesus and we'll hold all the other stuff back and wait let them digest that well we're not dealing with 6 month olds right 72 came back and you know what they said i love this they said jesus demons like i don't know if they were surprised or pleased or a combination of both they said jesus demons submit to us in your name because there's authority in that name Used in faith, exercised in faith. It causes demons to submit. And when you have faith in that name, you don't need anything else. Jesus said for your journey, don't take money, traveler's bag, whatever. The name of Jesus is what you need. The name of Jesus. It's when we are fully convinced about the power in the name of Jesus where we see results. I love what Colossians, I'm closing with this Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the? Ooh, and whatever you do in word or deed, come on, spiritual counsel for the city of Dayton, I'm hearing you. Are you here today? And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the? So when you get up and go to work tomorrow, what are you going to do that in? You're going to do that in the name of Jesus, right? When you go to school tomorrow, when you you log in on your boring Zoom class, right? And you're going to have your phone here to keep you awake while you're trying to pay attention to the teacher. You're going to remember, I'm doing all things in the name of Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God, the Father through Him. You see, this is where we are at today. There is power in, in the name of Jesus Christ what do i have i have a name i have the name above all name the name above every name the name of Jesus Christ thanks for listening to the sermon of the week This message and other resources are available at DestinyDayton.com.